welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and decide which film has lived long enough to become the villain. Joining me today... My name is Bane, and you think the darkness is your ally? But you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. And I'm Luke Morgan, and if you're good at something, never do it for free. Unless you're a podcast host, and then you just waste a lot of money. That was a pretty good joke. That was impressive. (laughs) Well, of course, today we are talking about the Nolan Batman trilogy. Boys, Batman. This I feel like this is one of the big podcasts that's been hanging over our heads that we haven't done yet. How did we go rewatching it? I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, I I love these films, and like this is this is absolutely peak DC. It's not even DC to me. Like these are Nolan films in the DC universe, you know. And I uh, just I I had a long like part of my life where. I wasn't that into the Marvel movies and these three films is why I was so much more into DC than Marvel for that period of time, like when Iron Man and all that was first coming out and the MCU was starting. Um, I just remember Dark Knight just blowing my mind at the cinema and the amount of times I would re-watch that film over and over again, the amount of times I would quote that and do bad impersonations and everything <laughs> like that, like these films... Uh, inst- like so quotable and every time me and my brother hang out we just quote the Joker like over and over again um, yeah I love these films so. I think if you're a like a, any sort of millennial you pretty much quote these films right it's yeah it's that much a part of our psyche yeah. like yeah I think 2005 Batman Begin came out I don't think it's even a DC film right because DC wasn't really making films at that point this is just this is just yeah. Nolan making a very bold statement when the MCU is still really young and holy crap, how – like these movies redefined so much stuff. They, I like to call it like the Dark Knight Syndrome where essentially every superhero movie after these for the next five, ten years were just like these broody, gritty superhero films. And then I was like you could tell that everything was like, oh, that's actually what people want. They kind of prefer this to just the lighthearted fun. And even though Marvel, Marvel then changed it back a bit, they still have that sort of, like, I don't know, sort of dark realism to them that – I don't think it would be there if these films didn't come out. Like it, It's definitely, like, even early Marvel, it's different than your X-Men and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Like, they're grounded in reality, in a way. Yeah. They lose all the camp and the, yeah, yeah. the silliness of those movies. Like, it's so weird thinking about the Batman movies that came before these. Like, and I don't hate <laughs> those movies. Like, I don't think they're, like, the worst movies ever made, but they're just not, like, they're just... Not on the same level, like not even no. close. Even though they also are just as quotable. Like, <laughs> ice to uh, meet you. Yeah. That's one, only that one form. <laughs> Freeze. <laughs> and it's all Arnie quotes anyway. He's quotable yep. in every yeah. movie he does. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting to think like, what well, if the DCU was something they were trying to do at this point, which Nolan kind of plants some seeds for how they mm. could continue this trilogy, like... Just imagine that universe if they had kept up this quality, which I think would be impossible nearly. Like, which directors do you get in to keep this up? I mean, that's that's the thing. This is very much like a – these feel like Nolan films, and he obviously mm. goes on to make the best blockbusters for the next 15 years from this. And I think – I don't know, you couldn't do – you couldn't make a film that would feel like this. In the, if this was like a DC film, it would just be a very big leap. In the same way, like the original Hulk film was directed by Ang Lee – 
and he's obviously like a he's quite an artistic director and he's made some good stuff and that film feels so strange because of that you've got this very different director making trying to make a superhero film mm. and like nolan just brings a certain prestige and class to these that very few directors could in the same way like they would all be playing at it so i'm really glad that a dc universe didn't spawn from this specifically because it would have just been wow they started so high and they just yeah but i mean that's what we get anyway right like dc movies started so high and now we've got this yeah true. i think these set the trend like you know man of steel and all these films were just so gloomy and dark and i think it was them just being like okay let's try and make make a superman nolan film without Christopher Nolan. But I don't um, I don't know that I would describe the this trilogy as gloomy necessarily. Like it's realistic and it definitely like hits hits some heavy themes and that sort of thing, but it's got a heart in places too, like and I think it's it's broody. Like it's a broody. Yeah. broody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely is broody. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those, like, those Superman movies like there's no humor in them. They're just <laughs> no. Like these movies have heart, but they're also very dark and brooding, you're right. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, like watching these again. They all have very interesting sort of insights and stuff. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of discourse around the third film about the politics of it, and it fell under a lot of controversy because some people really decried it as like this um, this very right-wing political statement. Other people said that was nonsense, but there's a lot of debate about it. But I think all of them have a really interesting insight into like, who is this character? Why is he compelling? And tapping into like characters from the DC universe, how to bring that out, how to tap into the ethos of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Whereas things like Man of Steel don't really, they just kind of have that whole, oh, he's an orphan. So what? Whereas this is like, it really unpacks the psychology of this character. Mm. And it's, um, and, and again, we're like, that's why I think these are the films that made Batman the most, arguably the most famous superhero today right like we're getting the batman and what what iteration is that now i mean batman's like after these films came out 100 percent, yes um after then batman has sort of tumbled down the stairs for like the following 10 years and marvel has risen up like i don't think batman has the same um prestige to it as it did like I think he does outside of the cinematic universe, though. Like, there's still yeah. like the Batman games were huge. Batman graphic novels, um, like obviously all the stuff by Frank Miller, which came out before this, that's still considered the probably the best, some of the best yeah. comics book stuff ever written. Yeah. Um, I think Batman seems to be that property that keeps getting sort of dipped into, and people keeping like he's the most interesting superhero out there. Even if the movies aren't really doing him justice, I feel like he's he's relevant, and people are, again. People are still emulating Batman and the Joker, like, in 2021, right? I mean, like, this is completely separate from, like, these movies, but I, I do wish we would have gotten a Batman movie with Affleck, like a standalone Batman movie, instead of him just becoming that character in Batman Superman and then Justice yeah. League. Like, I'd be interested to see that because I kind of like Batfleck, um, but I'm, I'm very keen for um, Edward Cullen's take on batman as well yeah i agree really cool. i agree like i quite enjoyed Batfleck in those movies but i mean these ensemble movies how much does a character get to do it's not a character study like we've got here and mm-hmm. i mean we'll probably get into it later but like people are still doing interesting things like like joker like that's a really interesting movie yeah it's not batman obviously but it's it's batman's you know batman's main villain his his main man like i don't know i'd People are still dipping in here and doing good things, and I hope that we get that for the Robert Pattinson movie. I, I just, mean, that, 
It needs yeah. a strong villain. Like that's the thing about these three movies. Like each film, not so much begins, but begins definitely like, you know, there's Scarecrow and two and three, like Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight are definitely grounded that in that villain, you know, like that's yep. the, that focus of that movie. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do we want some stats? I always have to wait for Luke to sing the stats song now. So <laughs> Batman Begins, uh, budget of $150 million. Uh, worldwide made $374 million. Uh, Dark Knight, budget of $185 million. Worldwide gross of one, just over $1 billion. And Damn. Dark Knight Rises, $250 million. And again, just a bit over a billion dollars gross. That's, that's a what big was, leap up. What was Batman Begins again? Sorry, I missed Batman Begins. So it, its budget was 150 million, and it only made 374 million. Like it's Ooh, pretty low. It's just, yeah. yeah, and then look at that jump to yeah. That's what I'm, that's a lot of money. It nearly like it nearly shows the state that Batman was in before these movies. Mm. Like I I feel like Batman Begins was a movie that I watched on DVD. I then bought on DVD and watched repeatedly on DVD, but I don't remember it being in the cinema. I don't no. know what was your guys' experience with it. I think it was a big sleeper hit, I remember. I remember when this was sort of announced, it was a bit of a, like, why is Batman still getting made? Like, Christopher Nolan wasn't as famous as he was. He still made some good no. films, but um, he wasn't the the name that he that he has now. Mm. And so it was this – I remember a lot of speculation was saying this is going to be his, like, career dive. This is going to be him jumping off the end, making this weird passion project because – It's a big risk. Because remember Batman and Robin. Like, that was the yeah. last Batman we had. Yeah, he peaked at the prestige, right? Yeah, and so and then this came out, and I think didn't do huge, made money, but it wasn't a um, didn't blow up, but it had that huge tail and where everybody, it's like John Wick we were talking about. Everybody's like, "Did you see Batman Begins? It's actually a great film," mm. and did really well on DVDs. And then that's why three years later, everybody saw The Dark Knight. And I don't think there's a person who was living who didn't see that film. Mm. That's the thing. I um like I I, I saw Batman Begins at the cinema. Um, but and I remember sort of being like, oh, there's a Batman movie on. Talking about the, what do we go watch? Oh, there's let's go watch this Batman movie. Didn't know much about it. Don't remember watching any trailers or anything for it. Didn't know who Christopher Nolan was. And obviously, before that, the last Batman movie was like Batman and Robin. The last Mar- like Marvel movie was like your yeah, X Men Two, X Men Last Stand, which I think mm. was maybe the same year. This is three years before Iron Man. This is like three years before the start of the MCU, and. I like. I remember walking out and being like, "Holy crap! Superheroes are awesome!" Like, mm. it, like it was kind of was like a thing I forgot about, where I wasn't really in like the superhero like culture. And I left Batman Begins hundred percent. I played the game on PS two, um, which was like obviously everything had like a, a video game tie in back then. But I played the Batman Begins game on PS two, loved it, and was so excited. And I think Heath Ledger being cast as Joker. The controversy around that and everything, all the speculation. Obviously, he passed before the movie came out, and there was all this stuff with the trailers that people were just hyped for that. And it was like a fever pitch going to see it and mm. excited that knowing that this was going to be something special. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about Heath Ledger. But uh, mm. review scores Batman Begins on Metacritic 70. Not too bad. Dark Knight 84 and Dark Knight Rises 78. Hmm. I think Batman Begins should be higher. I 100% I think Batman Begins agree. should be higher. Um, we'll get into that shortly, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Boys, how do you feel? Does this deserve to be a trilogy? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yep. I think Nolan's really showed us. It's an interesting trilogy because it doesn't 
there's not like it's obviously Batman's the same character, but the world changes a lot between each movie. Like you've got the scarecrow in the first movie and he kind of is in the background of the next movie, like right at the start. He's almost like a minor yeah. minor gangster that Batman beats up at the start of the movie. It's a yeah. great choice to do that. Yeah. And then obviously Joker doesn't appear in the third movie. I can't help but wonder what would have happened if Heath Ledger had been been still around, like how that movie would have looked. What do you guys think? I think that's like that's the trilogy probably designed. I think if that hadn't happened, there's no way they don't go back to Joker in number three. Like mm. I, I, I just can't see it. I just I like Nolan always said like it was just going to be the three films. I can't see him just abandoning the Joker character after that performance. Um, and it would have been a very different third film. And I think that's the original vision of what the trilogy was. Even though I think it's sort of, you know, Batman Begins, it's this standalone origin story of Batman. There's the little hint at the end of Joker. And mm. it did well. Like, obviously, it wasn't a massive commercial success, but well enough to get a sequel and continue that on. But absolutely deserves to be a trilogy. And it's one of the top tier trilogies in the world. So. Yeah. I think you can see that in the names, right? It's Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. So. Like he he wanted to make one film. He had a plan, but it could have gone wrong. And so it happened to, like, it made money, and so he got two and three. I think the original, like, the rumor is that, yeah, the Joker would have been involved in the third one in some way. And there was, a for a while, a consideration that there would be this scene of um, this hair, this gloved hand putting a Joker card on on his grave in the third one, but that was sort of removed because they were like, that's that's tasteless because Heath Ledger's passed away. Mm. So there's all this stuff like that, but you're right there. I can't imagine that he would just dump Joker and be like, we're going to move on now to have Bane. I think I would have, I would have loved to see what he would look like. I think it'd be a very different role. It'd almost be like a Hannibal Lecter role where I think he sort of goes to Joker and he needs his wisdom almost. Mm. I don't think it'd just be the same as number two where he's just versing the Joker and Bane. Yeah. But ah, what could have been? I know. What could have been? Damn shame. All right. It is a damn shame. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Heath Ledger. Um, well, let's get into it. Which film was the worst? Who wants to kick it off? Yes, brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, I love this movie when I first saw it. I remember watching it a few times in the cinemas. Um, the intro is amazing. And like, I, I, I love the whole intro to this film. I think the worst, and I don't know if this is the popular opinion, is the fire, like the Dark Knight Rises. I always said the fire rises, but um, (laughs) the fire, um, the Dark Knight Rises, in my opinion, I think Batman Begins holds up so damn well, and Liam Neeson is awesome. I love Liam Neeson, and Batman Begins is such a good kind of like origin story, and just like you don't get Batman in that film for like an hour and a bit, like Mm. before he's Batman in that. And uh, I don't know, the, the ninjas are cool. It's like I, I really like Batman Begins a lot. Um, and it was always one of my favorites of like of the trilogy. Like there was a part of my life where I liked it the most. I was like, oh, Batman Begins is awesome. Like I really love Batman Begins. Um, so, yeah, my vote for worst is Dark Knight Rises, and we'll get into that later. But Conan? Yeah, I agree. Dark Knight Rises is the weakest. I think that is generally – my understanding is that is the general consensus. Um I, I, I think, think, it, I think I now. Same opinion, and I thought it was going to be an unpopular one, but I'm oh. glad you guys agree. No. So my things with Rises is, A, it's very long. 
Watching it last <laughs> night, I was like, holy crap, it's two hours and 45 minutes. Yep. Um, I mean, they're all two hours and 20 plus, but it just it feels a lot longer. Yeah. I, I noticed, that, like there's other things. I noticed in this, it's when Nolan starts to get into his, um, it's kind of like his wanky phase because he did Inception in 2010. I don't like when you say that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's true. And he his dialogue skills seem to get worse and worse with each film he makes. Yep. And Dark Knight Rises has some woeful dialogue there's some conversations that are so bad and so confusing <laughs> there's the, the opening scene where they're at the dinner party and there's this really rapid fire exchange that's trying to explain to you what's happened with commissioner gordon like what happened what you, no one talks like that no one talks that quickly this is a really confusing mm. and the opening scene even though it's kind of cool it's also the most confusing thing i've ever seen that's cool i love that whole plane scene is Dope to me, oh, like it. But some the of the fact that they actually did it too. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. For you. It's... You have to you have to wait for a while, but oh, he's saying it would be painful for you. Yeah, that's bad writing. Yeah, it doesn't help that you can't hear him in a lot of scenes. Oh, do we want to talk about Bane's voice? Yes, can, can we, we please? Get out of the way early? No, I, lo- I love Bane's voice. That's not. I do I love, love it. I like I... what he's doing. Like, I like the inflection. I like the the way he speaks. But it sounds like a voiceover in this movie. It does, especially because. Yeah, like in, I know. all the original test screens, yeah, no one could hear him. No one could hear him. And Christopher Nolan for a while was like, I'm going to keep it like this because that's how his voice would sound. Like the original trailer that came out, a lot of people were like, I can't hear what he's saying. Mm. And and like the quote, I remember I remember listening to that trailer over and over again being like, what is he saying? And it was like, <laughs> when Gotham is ashes, like then you have my permission to die. And you just, I just couldn't make out what he was saying. And there was that much negative feedback against it that they had him go through and re-record every line of dialogue and then they put that over the movie so it definitely sounds like amplified and like a voiceover but i like the voice itself you know we i don't know it's it's odd it's a it's a choice yes and I, I I like it though. I do like it, and I quote it all the time, very badly. <laughs> but Bane's dialogue in this film is phenomenal. Like some of his lines are just—they're so cool. He's so badass. All yeah. the other people's conversations are bad, but his his sort of monologuing and his I don't know, Tom Hardy, one of the greatest actors working. I think the what he does with having no face, like what he does yeah. with just his physicality and his voice inflection, and like little scenes where he's knitting. And just the way he walks up and he's got his hand on his like his jacket. I love that. Yeah. <sighs> it's like no one else could sort of do this stuff, but he just knows how to act without his face, which is which is amazing. And I think he makes Bane a character that would be a lot worse if it was anybody else. Yeah, like it would be easy to see Bane as just this this big buff dude who just talks like a big buff dude with a big gruff voice. But it's yeah, it is it's real like it's a really interesting choice to have him have this very strange inflection on how he speaks. And you're right, like mm-hmm. he He's a very well-spoken, big buff dude. But he's also, um, he, he's kind of terrifying. Like the way that he's got mm. his, the way that his voice is so disarming, it's also really ominous. Mm. And like in that line that I that I poorly said at the beginning, where in the last part he's like, when I finally saw it, it was blinding. He like, he hisses. Blinding. And it's just, ah, oh, it's just this interesting choice where he is, he's ferocious but he's also just so charming at the same time. It's, yeah. He, he really has a presence like... In his in his scenes, for the, most of it, it sort of goes down towards the end. But 
I don't know. I, I love the whole thing where he just places his hand on the guy and he's like, like do you feel yeah. in charge? Like, it's, like, it's so cool. Phenomenal, it's just... <laughs> phenomenal moments like that. Like, yeah. wow, this is why Nolan's a great filmmaker. Like, it tells so much in just that one exchange. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I, I love do you, it. Do you think Bane would be more standout if there hadn't been such a good Joker come just before him? Like, he definitely feels overshadowed by Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, it was, always going to be comparisons. Yeah, yeah, it was doomed to fail, unfortunately. Mm. But he he did like he stood out though. Like there was after Dark Knight Rises came out, there was definitely people who were like, "I'm a Bane fan," you know. I'm going to buy costumes and dress up as Bane, and like I prefer Bane over the Joker. Like <laughs> then people were out there, you know, and yeah, like who I walked around at school probably for like six months holding like my collars. Yeah, I, this little fat kid just walking around holding like my bag, like straps and such. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, and feeling cool, even though I wasn't. Chuffy um, guns. <laughs> you know, but yeah, Bane's cool. Bane's cool. You walk up, you're like, I am inevitable. <laughs> Someone just punches you in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, this, do you remember Bane from from Batman and Robin? <laughs> That's the thing. Like when you compare it to what we had yeah, of Bane, yeah. it's such it's just, oh, so much better. Just yeah, and I think that's like a testament to Nolan again. All these people, I remember I was just saying they're like, "What is? How are you going to make Bane a good character? He's a stupidly large wrestler. He's he's comical, yeah. And then you get this very realistic ultra buff dude, and yeah." If um if Heath Ledger hadn't given the best performance of the year and one of the best performances of the decade, we'd be talking about Bane, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're yeah. right. But, Is there ever a world where we're talking about um Selena? What's her name? What's the actress's Selena name? Kyle. Anne yeah. Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I think she's great, this Catwoman. Like I it wasn't something that stood out to me when I first watched the film. Watching it back, I was like She's actually pretty good as Catwoman. Like, I like the, her mannerisms and how she goes from like, oh, like, oh, you know, I'm a damsel, and, like, to then just like on the tip of a hat or whatever. Like, can change her inflections and stuff. I think mm. I, I liked her as Catwoman, but yeah, she was better than Harley Berry, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I read... the bar's not set very high with some of these characters, is it? No, um, I read this great letterboxed review. There's this like, we as a society don't talk about Anne Hathaway as Catwoman enough. And maybe that's true. I think she, I liked her on this viewing more. She actually does bring a lot of, a lot of humanity to the character, and is kind of compelling. Um, instead of just being this weird gimmicky bank robber, cat burglar mm. rather. But I she's just, not I, the she's not the focus. Yeah, she's not. I I don't know for some reason I feel like she sticks out in these movies a bit. Like her her and Joseph Gordon Levitt. Just kind of, I don't know. They feel tacked on a bit. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, though. I love JJ. I like him. I so like him. So good. Speaking of tacked I, on stuff, there is stuff with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the one that's a bit tacked on. But is it that his real name is Robin? <gasps> yes, I just find yeah. it's a bit tacked on. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, like, I see what you mean though. Those two characters, and they kind of some. That's the big thing. Batman Begins and Dark Knight are both very, very, very focused on Bruce Wayne. And you never really get much of anyone else. Even in The Dark Knight, the Joker is only ever really seen through Batman's interactions, right? Except for the opening scene. Mm. Whereas in The Rises, you get a lot of stuff with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character running around. You get a lot of stuff with Selina Kyle, 
like her sister and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it does spend a lot of time with them and rather than seeing them, rather than with Batman himself. Um, and that's one of the reasons this film feels a lot broader than the other two. They're not as, it's not tight. Like, No, it's not. That's, it really becomes sort of sprawling and meddling. And I really like the direction it goes in in that it's trying to, it's riffing on a lot of um, Charles Dickens stuff and like that classic literature, but it loses its its there's, focus. There's a lot of characters in it. Like the, I feel like there's like four or five dudes in suits that all look very similar to each other and I'm not sure which one's who or which one's a lawyer or which one's a yeah. DA and which one's a politician. And yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is wasted in this film. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I didn't even realize it was him for some reason. But And then there's a guy with the um, very dark eyelashes. The mayor? Yeah, the mayor. Yeah. 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 You know, this movie reminded me a bit of The Wire in some scenes, like just where nice. it gives you, like it gives you the cops interacting with the judges, interacting with the mayor and stuff. But the difference is in The Wire, I cared about all those characters, and in this, I just don't. <laughs> and like you're right, I don't know what that guy's name is. He's got the dark eyelashes. He's the mayor, I think. Yeah. And like they're trying to get a warrant for something. But they're not going to, like, when they're trying to raid, anyway, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't know. There's all these characters they introduce that I just don't care about. And, yeah. yeah. How well, do you yeah, guys feel about Batman being trapped for half the movie? <laughs> uh, so this is, like, this movie has plot holes, and I feel like that's one of the things that brings it down for me. And Because it's whole, a, literal, a literal hole in the earth? It's not a yeah, plot like, literal hole. Oh, but... That's not how you fix broken backs, like with push-ups and chiropractor. <laughs> like it's not. It's really, and like Bane travels to this other country to drop him there, give him a little speech. Then he goes back to Gotham. Yeah, that's a big question. Batman fixes his back by cracking it, doing some push-ups, climbs out of there, then gets into the city that's on lockdown with no way in or out. Mm. Like and just shows up in the middle of the city with no explanation. He has the whole thing where he just throws the match on the ground and lights up his logo on the things. I, I want to see him painting that. Like, if it is pain, I'm going to show you. Like, it's uh, there's weird plot holes where it's like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, there's like an interesting time compression going on, but it doesn't doesn't feel like any time's passed. Like, it, no. it feels really strange. Like, I don't know, give me a shot of Batman in, there in, a, in an airplane so I know what's happening. Yep. Like something to establish a, a time and a distance and a, you Obviously, know, but we just, we yeah. see him in, we see him in this hole in the ground and then he's lighting up his symbol in, in a lockdown yeah. city. Like it yeah. And especially because there's a lot of sort of scenes with the cops underground getting supplies and sort of setting up their shanty town. And so we know that the, right, a long period of time is passing. It starts snowing. And yeah. Like- it, seasons change, but, um. It's just, it's edited very strangely, and yeah, in the space of about ten minutes, we understand that okay, like a month or two has passed. I don't know. It's, it's like 80, 85 days or something, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah. In a blink of an eye. Speaking yeah. of, there's like it's talked about a lot online. There's a bunch of scenes where it's like day one minute they go through a tunnel and they come out. And it's night time again, like the stock exchange thing when they got get on the bike. It's like oh, yeah, broad it's daylight. Cool. And they go in a tunnel and then they come out and it's like pitch black at night. That's very true, actually. Like it's talked about a lot online. A lot of people like criticize is like three or four scenes where the time of day just changes, like depending on where they're shooting, basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's fair though to pick on this film for plot holes because the Dark Knight has equal amount, if not worse, plot holes. But the Name big one. different 
Actually, bring it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Let me throw it down. Let's let me get this. Let me get this list that I actually made up of some. Is, is the Batwing the worst mode of transport that Batman has? Yes. Oh, I thought Batwing was okay. All right. Well, firstly, the opening scene of Dark Knight. The Joker is banking on the fact that the guy's going to talk to him before he shoots him for a fairly long time until the bus comes in and hits him, whereas every other bank robber gets shot straight away. It's pretty convenient storytelling. doesn't make a lot of sense. His plan is reliant on getting caught and somehow getting a guy in the same cell with a bomb. Oh, how does okay. he know Everyone Reese is criticizes going to, the plan. How does he know Reese is going, <laughs> going to go onto TV and then he just goes, by the way, I've already wired a hospital before this ever happened. And this is my... There's all these things that make zero sense in The Dark Knight, but because... And this is, this is the magic of movies and this is the magic of storytelling. It's so interesting to watch the Joker do his stuff. Mm, and his character makes sense. You feel that he could almost get away with defying logic because he's almost superhuman. Yeah. Kind of. But then, well, hold up. But then the Dark <laughs> Rises doesn't have that same magic. And so you're more like, whoa, hold up. There's a slight time difference there. No, that doesn't make sense. Does he really look like a guy with a plan? <laughs> like, I, like, a lot of people talk about that jail cell plan thing that everything has to go right to the yes. second for all of that stuff to happen. But I feel like it's kind of, it's like, it's chaos, but it's also, I feel like Joker is the sort of thing he has four or five different plans going and it's like, okay, that's happened. So now this plan will do this or do that or do this. And it, I don't know, it's believable. It's <laughs> no, believable. it's not. Yeah, no. Joker's crazy, man. Yeah, that same part, actually, when he's in that prison cell, for some reason there's a cop in the cell guarding him. Cops don't stand yeah, in cell. Cops don't stand in cells and guard him. Yeah, just stand outside the door and don't listen to him taunt you. Like, and so the Joker's banking on beating him in a fight and managing to take him hostage to get his phone call. So there's just again that makes no sense. There's one leap of logic in the guard being in there, and there's another leap in logic, and the Joker's like, "Oh, he'll do this." He he knows he killed that guy's friend, and he's like, "No, nah, this guy is gonna want to stand there, and he's gonna <laughs> try and fight me." But we're getting back to topic. Dark Knight Rises is still really good, but it is. It's still a yeah. fantastic film and better than most other, D- pretty much every other DC film after that came after. I, I, but. I know. I like the part, I like actually having Bruce in the pit. I don't like the sort of the flashing back, but I actually like his sort of journey of growth and climbing out. I think that's very dramatic and very cool. It is. I, I do like him climbing the wall. I just, the broken back thing being healed by massages or whatever is a bit strange. Like. Well, it's just that it's, it's one vertebrae that's out of place. Well, yeah, Bane's, Bane snaps your spine. You can't fix that. Yeah. But, but I feel like they focus on that climbing out of the whole thing for way too long. Like, I feel like that's a journey in itself where, okay, he's still trying to get, oh, he falls again. Oh, that fall would have broken his back again. That's what fixed his back. I know I can do it. That snap actually made him. It's in the title, man. The Dark Knight rises. You can't not show him rising. Mm. That'd be so unsatisfying. Yes. <laughs> what about the other thing I didn't like is like the whole master plan of this is that there's a nuclear reactor under the city that can very conveniently and very easily be turned into a nuclear bomb yeah, that they minutes. then steal. Like it, it, like nothing. Like oh, I changed the setting from one to zero, and now it's a bomb. Is yeah. bomb equals true? No, remember Pavel. They had Pavel. Yeah, Pavel. Pavel He's like, see, see here under this cover. You flick this switch. 
It's bomb now. All right, the best part, <laughs> aside, well, apart from that racist accent, the best part about it is that he's just like, I'm the only man in the world who can just fiddle with this reactor. Why? Why is there one dude who can make, who knows physics? It legitimately sure. takes him one minute to do yeah, Like he walks so over easy. and flicks the switch. And comes over. I don't even know if he has accent. I don't know why I put an accent on him, but it does, it's just, but it's like, I don't know. Super convenient. Yeah. So if we're getting into the problem with Rises, okay, Talia Al Ghul, what's your opinion on that, on her? And I liked Bane? it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad she's in there. I'm glad they bring it back to the first one yeah. in some ways. Um, she's not that interesting of a character. Like the whole movie, she's just like everything Bruce needs until she's not, but, you know. Yeah. I just I feel like it, it brings Bane down a little and the way he gets killed off by Catwoman just on her bike Oh, that's sucks. a crime. That's he's very unsatisfying. That's sucks, such nonsense. Man, that he's just like, oh, I'm going to fight you. Boom, I'm gone. Like, I didn't even think he was dead when it first happened. Like, he gets shot, yeah. he, he rolls on the floor, and then that's it. Like, That's the worst <sighs> part that you never, you never actually see anything sort of happen. Yeah. You just, he, he rolls around, he's like, is he, is he dead? I don't know. I and thought he was knocked happened. out. I yeah, was waiting but, for him to get back up. For a dude that strong, he should survive. <laughs> he should rise. But he didn't. He died. No. I don't like yeah, this there's a lot of plot holes in it. I'm in no way gonna deny that. But it's just this is a Christopher Nolan film. We've got to expect plot holes. And I'll I'll just say as again, like the second that Michael Caine says that thing about that he wants to see him across the cafe, I knew that that's how that film was gonna end. Yeah. Like yeah. the second he says that thing, I'm like, Oh, there's the ending. Like half an hour into the movie is how it's but but how good is how good he's so good. is Michael Caine? I failed you. I failed you, sir. You trusted me. He's giving such uh, such uh, a performance. He is good. He yeah, he's a standout from these movies for yeah. sure. And Morgan Freeman, love Morgan Freeman. <laughs> he kind of frustrates me that he's just every line he has though is like a wisecrack. As, yeah. yeah, it's great. Like, it's fun, but it's, it's not Twenty four seven. He's like the guy that can do absolutely everything too. Like yeah, yeah. He can run a company. He can research. <laughs> he can research nanotechnology. Whatever you need, Lucius Fox can do it. Spy on every person in the whole city on, with yeah. sonar technology. But he's against that. He's he just going to do it this once. <laughs> yeah, one time, guys. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I really, I, I guess, I took away from this rewatch as well is that I don't like that Selena Kyle becomes sort of Bruce Wayne's becomes his out. Because his whole character is so wrapped up in being the Batman and even though he never admits it, dying is the Batman. And that's what the whole film's about, how he, he sees himself needing to die as it. It doesn't feel deserved that Selena Kyle comes in. He's kind of like, hey, I also want to get out of this life. And he's like, cool, let's let's run away together. We can, we can do this. And Rachel but died. <laughs> what, happens to, what happens to Gotham after he leaves, right? Gotham keeps falling into cycles of Robin. Into pits. Robin, that's right. Robin oh. found the cave. I'm sure he's got billions of dollars behind him, so he can keep up, like keep up with the upkeep and everything. You know what would have been the best thing, like the post credit scene was Robin, but like with like the '90s outfits, like just like tight, like red and yellow. He's just like, yeah, I'm the new hero now. <laughs> this is my secret in my spare time. I dress up like this. Don't worry, I got shark repellent. It'd be great, but alas, it didn't ever happen. Alas. All right. Well, who do we blame for Dark Knight Rises being the worst then? It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's. I'm sorry, Luke, but he, he's the 
he's a wanker now. Like, I love his films and I see his films but, as soon as they're out, but he's a bit of a wanker. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The movie, like, the movie's got, <laughs> movie's got plot holes, but it's not like it's a bad film. No. And no. It, it's, it's, it's too long. Like, I feel like it's, it's too long. It's got a bunch of cool scenes. Like, I, I love the whole scene of the, a uh, football player running down the field as the whole stadium falls, like the ground just falls out underneath him as he's running as well. Yeah, that's, that's a really good scene. Do you remember like the teaser that they released for this film showed that as a one take? Do you guys remember that or am I imagining it? I remember it being in the, like all the trailers. Mm. In my mind, I remember it being the teaser was just that scene. It was just him running along the whole thing. And then when I rewatched it, it, it doesn't show it as a one take. I was bummed out, but... That's a little <laughs> side bit. What, what do you cut from this film then, Luke? How do you make voice. this movie shorter? Um, a lot of stuff with the hole. <laughs> like <laughs> I do personally, just I don't know. Um, all this, a lot of the stuff with the cops surviving and like playing their harmonicas underground, like, I uh, like. And, yeah, I agree. And the whole like the whole back and forth. Oh, they're in the sewers. No, we're not going to look in the sewers. Why would we look in the sewers? And then. Like that whole back and forth where um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like going around, you know, researching it all and figuring it all out. Like I don't know, it just it just seemed really frustrating. It's it's always the guy that nobody believes that ends up being right. That's such a boring trope. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, there's the whole thing, obviously, in the city afterwards, where like it's you know it's gone to crap. Arkham in, inmates are running around crazy and everything like that. It's just it feels like that takes up more of a movie than what building up to that did. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's not as entertaining. Like I, I really enjoy like the first half of this movie and then it gets down to like this whole thing. There's the massive war at the end, a bunch of people with guns, but nobody seems to be dropping dead when they're shooting them. Yeah, that comes seems... down to a fist fight between everyone and... Mm. Yeah, everybody running at each other in the streets. It's just... It's, yeah. it's just for that trailer shot. It's like, yeah, ah, this is the climax of this movie. Like it's... I mean, it is cool seeing Batman and Bane fight in this amidst a war zone, but yeah, not much logic. Yeah, Batman should Bane should have like broke Batman's back and killed him. <laughs> Just an <laughs> hour long. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, that would be cool to have like a Robin birth story, like Robin finds yeah, like, Bruce Wayne. Robin takes over. Yeah, <laughs> in the tights. I feel I like know. this is the start of Nolan. I don't know. He does this a lot, and it annoys me. But he has this. They're almost like half the movie is almost like a montage. Like there's this this music playing underneath everything, and it it gives the movie a lot of momentum. But it just it feels really distracting, and it feels feels like rushes the movie. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of the middle stuff with the whole with the city under siege. Feels like that. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's in a way, it's kind of a good way to build tension or to build atmosphere. But I agree. It's um, I'm not a fan uh, of it. I, no. I love, I do love the scores in these movies, though. Like, um, the Joker theme is magnificent, and it's sort of the thing like what you were just saying. It plays all throughout Dark Knight, and it's very like eerie, like that, just that long violin sort of scratch. Like, it's very drawn out. And any time, like, I know the highway scene, like when the police escort's happening, it starts playing. And as soon as that starts playing, you're like, oh, shit's going down. Like, Joker's involved with this. Like, something's something's afoot, you know, like mm. something's amiss here or whatever. But I like the chanting in Dark Knight Rise. I do like the chanting, the bashy, bashy, bash, basha, basha. That's yeah, it's cool. How can you want to cut anything from the pit? The pit's the best. 
<laughs> There's a lot of the pit, though. <laughs> Just want some of the pit. I'd watch two hours of the pit. Just a documentary <laughs> on the pit. That'd be cool. There we go. That's the fourth Bane movie. The but it is two movies. I um I feel like Bane's plan is kind of weird. Is kind of nonsense as well. He's like, well, I'm going to return the city to the people, but it's only to a few of the people, and the rest Do of the people. I'm going to voice. Gotham is yours. To the people. The people. Yeah, it's it's strange to me. He's. And this is where all the political discourse came from. Where like is is he a is he a left wing servant where he's trying to restore the people's control or is it just a new form of fascism? And I don't think any of that's really intended or I, I don't think it's worth really discussing. But his plan just makes not just doesn't make much sense to come and be like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this city as a prisoner and free it, and by freeing them, the rest of the world will just let us be like anyone with a brain knows that the, the rest of the country is not going to let that happen, right? But he just yeah. seems to believe, no, I'll, I'll liberate this place by um, by holding them hostage. It, there's a lot of flaws. It's it's really weird. Hmm. It's really it's weird. It's cool. It's cool and I'm into it. And I've seen this film a bunch of times and I always it's enjoy compelling. it. But yeah. But just don't scrutinize it. All right. Who deserves better out of these movies? Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> His He's character. In it. Like, but that's the thing. I forgot he was in it. Yeah. And I... He still hasn't had his day, but Ben Mendelsohn should be one of the. He should be a bigger actor than he is, and his character is so pointless in this, and he's given nothing to to do with it. And I'm like, just cast somebody else. You don't need him in here. But he wasn't really. This is back in 2010, 2011. I don't know, but like it was, it was 2012. Big actor no, he's not. Oh, he's. I don't know. He is bigger than like the guy. His offsider, the guy from um, Game of Thrones, who you know the weird looking dude, he, oh, Tanner, Tanner from Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah, the psycho yeah. the Crash's keep. So there, yes, you know, they, that's where I know him from. I was thinking the Littlefinger. He's at the start yeah, of the movie. He's also in it with in a weird role. Yeah, but they have as much screen time, and Ben Mendelsohn is a bigger actor than the dude from Game of Thrones than that than Tanner. But for some reason, yeah. I don't know. But. I um I don't know. I feel like Gary Oldman's not used much in Rises, and Gary Oldman's awesome. I love Gary Oldman, yeah, but he's good. I feel like Rises. It's just like he's in a hospital bed, like telling instructions to Blake. Like most of it, pretty much. Know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's a also, great actor. It's, it's also really sad that his family's left. You know, he's he's all alone. I mean, he he led them to believe that he was dead at number two. <laughs> Didn't tell. He them. had to. He's playing it close to the chest. Yes, he likes to do that. <laughs> That's a but, plot hole right there. Like, look, the whole stuff about taking over the city is a plot hole in Batman Begins as well. Like, the I was whole water say, supply like, thing none of, is pretty None of the weird. villain's plans are all that uh, amazing in these movies. Like, That's why all... I like Jokers because it's just, it's sort of, ca- he's just like trying to prove that people are shitty. That's why it works it's better because he's just like, I don't, there's no logic here. And so we as the audience are like, yeah, there is no logic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with that. He's admitting it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Also, okay. Wait. Dark Knight Rises, man. Like, there's just that one scene of Batman getting like a robotic knee and then that's never talked about again that he has like no cartilage. In his leg, and then he's just fine to kick Bane's ass again. There's the one scene of him kicking a brick wall, and it's yeah, like, okay, that probably have you ever fixed. done. Have you ever done push-ups in a pit? 
You'd be amazed what you can oh, do. Okay? Long time. <laughs> It'll heal your cartilage. It, it gives no, you will regrow bones. Yep. In this in this pit where everyone's starving to death. <laughs> no no nutrition. <laughs> where are they food. getting food from? Are they just throwing it in there? I don't know. I don't even That's want the... I don't, who, whose pit is that? Like, what is going on? No, yeah, what's going on there? Like, who's in control of the pit? No, the big question is the guy who's feeding is like, they're paying me for this. Like, why do you need money? You're in a hole in the ground, man. <laughs> He's like, I got a lot of subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> this TV, we've got to pay for that somehow. Yeah, hey, Batman throws a brick at it. He's <laughs> like, well, now I can't see what's happening in Gotham. Damn it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's all we had to do down here. Oh, man. I do like the story of how it re- is revealed that Bane's not the child that got out and he's the one that saved Talia. I do like that. You know, and that's how his face got all mangled up, getting beaten up down there. But mm. don't they know. don't really, they don't tell us what the mask actually does, do they? Holds back the agony. But that's the thing; it's sort yeah. of implied that oh. it's that nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. It's kind of like a thing that he does Do it symbolically. Do it in the voice. <laughs> nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. There it is. <laughs> oh no, he because he does feel it right. Like when Batman knocks off the little, the little feet, he's yeah, like, yeah, he's oh, 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 he just kind of collapses. <laughs> that was perfect. It's doing something, but yeah. nobody knows what or why. No, I like to imagine they tore his literal nose off and his lips apart, and he's like, um, he's like that thing from Stranger Things. His face Shalulu. just like, his face just opens up now. Shalulu. He's got a mouth ah. like the Predator. Yep, yep, yep. See, He's that'd be enough. scarier, man. Have him knock his mask off and be like, oh, shit, put the mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, God. how do we fix the Dark Knight Rises? <sighs> Go back in time and save, save Heath, Heath Ledger's life. <laughs> Basically. Um, just one last note. I'll just say I, I do like that um, Scarecrow does come back again in Yeah, Rises. I, 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 I quite judge. like his role too. It's a really good role. And like, it's perfect because he's got the frayed, um, the frayed edges of his jacket. Yeah, so he actually looks like a scarecrow, like yeah. with stuffing. It's, oh, it's awesome. Cillian Murphy's awesome. Like, I I love him. He's great. So, yeah. but um, Under, underutilized. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing. Like, obviously, it, I just wish we'd gotten more of Joker. Um, it's it's such a high. Like Dark Knight is such a high point like you know the middle of a trilogy is famously like the worst one mm. um and it's mm. like such a high note in this trilogy that it was yeah, yeah. to come down after that yeah, yeah i there you go i was gonna say i wish i just kind of wish bane had a better plan or a different plan that didn't involve occupying gotham for yeah occupy two months or whatever like yeah give him a better plan and it might be more interesting I think that's it. Yeah, it's whilst I like that it does return to Ra's al Ghul and it's it makes Batman's arc full circle. It does feel as a weird way to destroy the city. If you want to destroy the city, what? Just bring an army and just start purging. Yeah, just pur- just pur- don't have this whole oh, I'm returning into the people. Just purge everyone and have Batman come in and Gotham's ninety percent extinct. That's horrible, but that's an that's a compelling sort of motivation. Yeah, wonder if today. In our politically separated world, if Bane would have run for office and would have separated the people like that and then caused an uprising. <laughs> I mean, people stormed the capital for Donald Trump, for goodness sakes. Like That is true. Not outside the realm. Of, um, next you know, election, there probably will be someone with a mask on the whole time. And he'll so. just be like, nobody cares who you are until you put on a mask. 
Boom. Bring the virus into it. There you go. uh, I was feeling very uh, COVID lockdown during the lockdown for some reason. Not that our society is that oppressed, but, you know. No. But, um, yeah, I think that plan has a big thing and... I don't know. It just needs it needs about half an hour trim from it. Yeah, it's way too long. Yeah, Bane just deserves a better ending, man. Like, yeah, I feel like he he's taken away as the main villain right at the end, and then gets killed off really easily, mm. and isn't mentioned. And yeah, I don't know. It's like I like that it does tie back into the thing, but I would have been fine with him just being a disciple of the League of Shadows, like, and trying to. Fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny, but whatever. Don't know. Mm. It's taken out. Really, yeah, it's, it's actually, just incredibly unsatisfying. Cut out the whole energy source sub arc thing with the nuclear bomb. Just cut that out, and I think it works much better. Because there's a lot of time being wasted on the the economics of the company and how they put all their money into this energy source yeah. for some reason, but they don't use it. It's all very weird and it's very meddling. And it doesn't have any real purpose except to. Make so when it's the reveal that it's a bomb. So oh, okay, Bruce Wayne made a bomb essentially. And I, I don't really enjoy like Harvey Dent's what he has to do in Gotham, like where he's like running around trying to figure out which trailer has the bomb in it, and you know what I mean. Like that's that's all Harvey Dent. Yeah, Gordon. Sorry, sorry, not Harvey Dent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gary Oldman. Like it's just not that compelling. Marking the vans and stuff like this, and it's just. I don't know. Yeah, it's not It's not interesting. Like, it's definitely the down point of the movie. And it's like, yeah. okay, where's the conclusion? What's happening? But like, I, love, I do love the whole, like, the opening part of it where it's trying to deal with the legacy of Harvey Dent and how, because it taps into a really interesting idea at the beginning where Gotham's just as broken and corrupt again, but it's not by criminals anymore. It's by people who have profited in peacetime. It's the, the police commissioners who are, like the police detectives who are going to get rid of Gordon because he's a war hero, so he's out of date. Politicians and... and yeah, the politicians and company people like Daggett. So this whole Gotham's corrupted again on a different level, and it's because of this lie that had to be enforced because of the Joker. And so it's a really interesting way, I think, to start the whole story. And it kind yeah. of it's, looks like at the beginning it is going to really focus on that, but it gets lost in the second half with Bane's pseudo-communist, pseudo-fascist plan. Unfortunately, mm. if they'd stuck with that a bit more and, and sort of explored the intricacies of that rather than have a broad war, I think it would have been more compelling. Just um, one final note. I don't know why. I think it's just such a dope shot when he's in the plane at the start and he's like looking down and like drops and then catches himself mm. on some chairs. It's just such a cool, like, it's like, oh man, like this guy's badass. Like that's the thing yeah. about Bane. There's so many shots. He's just like, he's a badass, you know? Um, yeah. And he's jacked. Jack like crazy. Oh, he's, he's, he's huge. huge. I love when he puts the tracker on. He's he's like one of his soldiers that just shoots him, puts you, puts you in, <laughs> like, in Follow the, him. Follow him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All all the choices of Tom Hardy and just what he brings to the characters. That's why. 11 I, out of 10. I would have loved to have seen, like, because Bane's obviously such a doomed to fail comic character that they, they Nolanized and had this awesome version. I would have loved to have seen more like Nolan's version of the Riddler, like these sort of weird characters. It would have been cool to see like a down-to-earth realistic. Calendar Man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Calendar Man. Or um, Grey Mask or... Penguin. Yeah, um, what is... Well, we, we are sort of getting that with the... With, with the Batman, Matt Reeve, right? Batman. We'll yeah, I mean... Dark and gritty. Colin Farrell, 
looks very different. Does not and look it, like Colin Farrell. No, it's a good choice of sort of how the penguin would sort of look in a realistic world. So I like that. Yeah. And what are, what would Killer Croc look like in this? Just a dude with scabies. What yeah, would Clayface what, what, look like? Right, what would Clayface look like? A man who's made of liquid clay. I mean, they, he did Two Face. Like Two Face. Oh like man, half of his face looks is so messed up. Messed Terminator up. looking. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I want you, I want an answer. How would he do Clayface? Dude, just just a dude who's mucking around in art school and got clay stuck to his face, and that's just him. Just two face, but with the clay on one side. Yep, it's the same thing. Same <laughs> like, I can't, I can't peel it off. It hurts too much. <laughs> it's just, just a mask. My and nobody off. cared who he was till he put the mask on. Oh, he has a has a piece of clay that he flips. <laughs> um, I mean, I just want to see. I want to see Nolan recast. Mr. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger again, just do him in a gritty way. I just want to do say it that properly again. with better Not puns. puns. Uh, no better puns. Joker's well, Christopher puns. Those puns are pretty good. Christopher Nolan's dialogue is one big joke. <laughs> it's, so, it's my so jokes inconsistent is the problem. Yeah. yeah, I think some of it's good and some of it's just like yeah. they're very quotable movie. <laughs> like these yes. movies yeah. are very quotable. When characters monologue, they're awesome. Yeah. But then when there's exposition conversations. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. I know. So much. Yeah. Yeah. I know. All right. Who do we cast Dennis Franz as? Is he the penguin? Does he show up as the penguin? Yeah, he's just the penguin, man. Yeah. Get him in as the penguin. That is, yeah, that's, an, that's an easy choice, though. But yeah. I tell you what, he'd be intimidating as Bane. Get him in that mask <laughs> in the same outfit. Half the size of Christian Bale. <laughs> just punching him in the dick over and over and over. <laughs> Oh god! Yep. Yeah, yeah. They could, uh, they could, they could recast Rachel Dawes as him in the third movie or the second movie. You know, we'll get into that. We'll get into three that. different actresses. Because <laughs> photos of him for some reason. <laughs> he's dead. They just these memories. Going, yes, Dennis friends. Someone comes up and say, "Who is this?" Oh, that was Rachel. We don't talk about her anymore. <laughs> oh god! I mean, he'd be kind of a um, an interesting choice for for Alfred as well. Like Batman movies, Alfreds are always interesting. How Andy Serkis was Alfred in, um, I think he's in in the Batman. He's, he's in he's in Matt Reeves's Batman. Yeah, so he is Alfred. he's Alfred, which is just a but that's going to be a very different Alfred, right? It's going to be interesting. We had um, Jeremy Irons in, yep, Batfleck one. She so, was good. Um, so the Alfred character is just always an interesting sort of lens to look at Batman. So Dennis Franz is Alfred. I'll just. Also, I know just I've said one final note like five times, but I feel like Bale's Batman voice gets worse as the series goes on. Like yeah, it, it becomes really over the top. And if there's a certain scenes where it's like, oh, why? You and there's one, I know people mock it online that he's by himself and he still does it. Like when, <laughs> when Catwoman disappears and he's there, he's like, so that's what that feels like. I mean, it's got a sticking character, man. <laughs> yeah. He's, no, I get it. He's what if Gordon's bat. What yep. if Gordon's standing behind him and he hears him? He's like, "Oh, that sounds like Bruce Wayne's voice." <laughs> Not gonna fly. Yeah, true, true. I, I wasn't sure whether to bring this up, but do you guys? I feel like he gets very duck lipped sometimes too, and like you can only <laughs> see his jaw. And he, yeah. I don't know, the way uh, Christian Bale, I don't know, talks. He just, I don't know, he looks like he's doing duck lips sometimes. Like his lips are very strange. Yeah. When he's having to put that voice, because he has to do yeah. it with his lips to put that voice on, sometimes he's literally just like, 
Yeah. yeah. You failed this city and they prove you wrong. And it's like so ridiculous sometimes. Because he's got that raspy breath, so he needs to have the open mouth. So between yeah. every word, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally feel like I'm watching Christian Bale like be like, this voice is hurting me. I'm sick of doing it. Like it's like sometimes it's really um exasperated. But yeah, it's just I'm so glad I have uh, subtitles for these films. Because watching <laughs> The Dark Knight, there's so many scenes where he talks. I remember it was like the third time I saw it that I finally realized he said, I'm not wearing hockey mat pads. Yeah. Because I was like, what? what is he? he? He makes a witty comment, but I that, don't know what it is. Because all I like, hear is, oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like one of the first things I think of when I'm thinking of his voice being really over the top is when he's going into the... Uh, car and saying that line like every time it's just not, yeah. not great but it's pretty cool how he drops down on that van low at the top he's oh, just like sick. in that opening scene of number two yeah yeah what about uh his ability to turn his head it gets better as the movies go on at least they make it a plot point i like that they do, they do. But, like, but it's so awkward in the first movie now watching it back yeah i didn't notice it to be honest. really yeah it just feels like me every time I wake up with a stiff neck and I'm like turning my whole body to look at the person next to me and you feel really awkward. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it only bothers me. but No, I get it. But I, I, I kind of like that it's not just they just upgrade his suit as the movies go on. Yeah, like I know. Make changes. He makes it, hey, I need to be able to move my neck. Exactly I don't know why I've been doing this for two years and not been able to move small. my neck. Can you make that, this subtle improvement for my suit, please? Um, yeah, I like how they make. It's kind of like a video gaming thing to keep going to Fox and be like, make an improvement. Now it's, I've, it's got I've to defend got a lot against of XP. And yeah. I need to upgrade my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we all know which film won. Dark Knight. Boys, well, talk about it. Can we talk about Batman Begins first? I know yeah, let's talk about Batman we, we talk about Dark Knight Rises, but let's talk about Batman Begins because it's really good. <laughs> it's really, it really good. Um, I love Scarecrow. Like, I think Scarecrow is great. I like the whole realistic sort of gritty take that it's like you know a hallucinogen and they just sprays in people it's super horrifying like what some people see like batman's the scariest thing in that when like he's yeah. sort of like, like you know the tark yeah, on yeah. his mouth and stuff that's awesome. that's a really good scene um but I, I like the grittiness of how it's his origin story we see all this and you know the first hour and a half of that film it's just about like the mob boss it's like about falcone it's mm. and that seems like a big threat. Like, oh, they need to stop Falcone, who's just a mob boss. It's not like this grand thing. Um, mm. But if we're going to talk about Batman Begins, Katie Holmes versus Maggie Gyllenhaal, where do you guys stand? Maggie Gyllenhaal's a better actress, but Katie Holmes is a better Rachel. Yeah, I liked Katie Holmes. I mean, I think they were both good. I think they were both fine. I was disappointed. I remember watching number two, like when I found out they'd recast it because I liked Katie Holmes as Rachel, but. Yeah. By the end of, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing because I've watched Dark Knight that many times. When I think of Rachel, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal as that character more than, mm. um, and it's the thing when I watch Batman Begins again, I'm like, oh, that's right. Katie Holmes was originally this, but I think she had better chemistry with Christian Bale. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they sort of have to. The chemistry in the second one's meant to be still too. Yeah. Meant to be different, yeah. Yeah. But it, I don't know. The fact that it doesn't matter that much that she was recast kind of shows that she wasn't that great of a character do you guys agree like nolan gets very criticized a lot for not having very many strong female characters and i don't think she is one of them either no in the dark knight she's the only female character and 
She's, she's kind of a damsel in distress. She's used entirely for Batman's things. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird thing. Yeah, he's not great with his characters. No, it's not a strong point. Female uh, characters in particular. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Female characters is what I mean. But um, Conan, what are your thoughts on Batman Begins and why Liam Neeson is so awesome? <laughs> oh, look, Liam Neeson's great. In everything we all we all know that. There's no point talking about that. Liam Batman Neeson. Begins. Batman Begins. Yeah, is for. In the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, is it actually as good as The Dark Knight or better? I don't know. There's an it's argument. It's, yeah, I think there actually is a lot to say that as a film on its own, it's it's better. And if you take away, I don't know, if The Dark Knight was anyone, sorry, if The Joker was anyone less than Heath Ledger, yep. if it was anything less than so perfect, that film wouldn't work. Mm. It um, And it's a testament to, to Nolan. What you're saying, Luke, is these films hinge a lot on the villains. And the Dark Knight is in, is only a film that's good because of the Joker. Yeah. It's it's eighty percent him anyway. The yeah. rest of it is just waiting to see what the Joker's going to do next, where he's going to come up. And even though that's great, and like watching it in this, the film is just so exciting, and it is so so rewatchable and so engrossing. And as soon as that opening scene starts, and you just see um you know the the, mask. the, the window smash, and you see him holding the mask, you're like I'm I'm hooked. I'm it's so compelling. It's got such momentum. But it's Batman begins. But Batman Begins is just such a um, phenomenal origin story, a really powerful film. It's got a lot, probably a lot more emotion and heart to it, I think. Yep. And so in a lot of ways, I enjoy re-watching Batman Begins more. But it's, like, only beca- but, but it's only because I've re-watched The Dark Knight so much that I'm almost like, I've, this film, I just know it too well now. And I'm almost starting to lose enjoyment for it because I've seen it so much and it's so perfect. Then now I like watching Batman Begins more because the, the thing I is, I feel like Batman Begins is a better movie. And if you take Joker away from Dark Knight, it is definitely a better movie. Joker mm. in the Dark Knight is what wins it over it. But as a movie as a whole, outside of Joker, there's stuff in Dark Knight that's I don't know. It's Christopher Nolan going into that phase that you you mentioned earlier, like it's Being wanky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I feel like for all the plot holes you could pick in like two and three, I don't think number one has them. Like I think it's a much tighter, like it's a much tighter story. Yep, I think it's got a lot more heart. It, it is a simpler mm. story in the end, but that's okay. Like it doesn't have to have to be all chaotic, like the second and third ones end up getting. Yeah, no, and I think it's coming at the time it did was perfect that we had a bit more of a. A simple grounded origin story. It wasn't um because we had a few superhero films that it had X Men was already pretty big and you know lots of people in those. So it did sort of draw it back and look at the human rather than the hero. And the second one and the third one, second one still has is still much about Batman as a human, but the Joker is not a human. The Joker is a cosmic force, and so it's getting more into that almost that's you know that um that fantastical realm where. It's larger than life, whereas the first one is entirely realistic. Yeah. Like you say, the Joker, sorry, not the Joker, the Scarecrow, Scarecrow. just has a has this drug that he's weaponized. Yeah. yeah. And he works with people in mental asylums. Like, it's like, mm. that's where he experiments on them. And he just like, it's the first one definitely feels like, like corrupt politicians, corrupt cops. Like, and it's just this seedy city of Gotham. And like, to yeah. just have Gotham be a seedy city, like, it's, mm. yeah. There is that one scene where he calls the bats in, though. That's a bit. It's not, yeah, that's that's a bit realistic. It's yeah. a bit weird. <laughs> that's that's dope. He chose the uh, I um I love I love Gotham in Batman Begins so much more than Gotham in the other two. 
Because in the yeah. first one, it's got that sort of pseudo futuristic feel. It's got monorails running everywhere. It's got this little island slum called the Narrows that you know only the city's poorest go to. That's built on top of each other like this dystopian cyberpunk world. It feels like a. It feels kind of like a realistic but comic book city. Whereas in two and three, it's just New York. There's no monorails anywhere for some reason. Yeah, because oh, because they try to crash it into Wayne Tower. So they just destroyed all of them. They're like, get rid of them all. It's it's one. It's a monorail. It's one track. Yeah. It's one rail. You destroy they, part of it. You destroy the whole thing. The whole thing Monorail flies off. <laughs> I've sold them to Artsville and North Haverbrook. Anyway. Um, Joffrey's in Batman Begins. Yeah. Great as well. A lot of Game of Thrones characters in these movies. Overall, yeah. Popping up. But um, that's the thing. I, I, I love the grittiness of Batman Begins. Like it feels like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so gross. Like <laughs> Scarecrow is yeah. really. It's grimy and it feels like it feels like there's this better man descending into this gross area and this filthy city that he must clean up. It's cool. Mm. Yeah. And watching Liam Neeson train like sword fighting out in the ice, it's it's cool, man. I, I love, love it. Yeah. I really enjoyed like that's where he um, decided oh, I need to have those little barbs on my forearms and stuff. Mm, yeah, like that was part of the uniform. Like it was, I yeah, I enjoyed the where where he gets his ideas from. Like it's cool. Yeah, it's a great way of incorporating why the why the superhero identity exists. He's mm. got a childhood fear of bats. He's he trained with these guys who he trained with ninjas who taught him the art of stealth and the art of fear. And makes so much sense. Yeah. Whereas obviously other heroes, he's just like, oh, I got bitten by a spider, so I'll become a spider man. <laughs> I love Liam Neeson just being like, I see you took the comment about the theatrics a bit too. Seriously. <laughs> like, but I, I don't know. Like the whole scene, um, I, I love uh, Alfred knocking out that person being like, I do hope you weren't, you're not a fire, you're not a fire man. <laughs> Alfred is great in the first one. What's the point of all those push-ups? Push-ups if you can bloody log. Bloody log. <laughs> but I, I like the whole symbolism of uh, Wayne Manor burning down as well and then him rebuilding it. I love the bat cave in the first one that it's literally this cave that he drives into like under a waterfall. Mm. Like it's mm. it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, like the Batmobile was a really big thing at the time too. Like oh, if you look cool. back at like the previous movies, he's driving like a Formula One car type, yeah, like real flat looking thing. It's real weird. And then let's just give him a freaking tank. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> oh. pretty cool. It's pretty sick. He's just driving along the rooftops. It's like, it's, I love the tumbler. It's such a cool. Yeah. It's a um, really cool Batmobile. Batmobile. It's very unique. It's very different. Obviously you can put holes in the whole thing about, tipping that toxin into the water supply and then it's been being tipped in there for weeks but nobody's mentioned anything and now we have this microwave thing to do it. It's kind of it's a like weird. Every time you boil a kettle, don't you go insane? Like <laughs> People, <laughs> breaking news, coffee and tea drinkers are losing their minds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like part of the caffeine scare. We're um, looking into allegations against Dilma because like, people are tripping balls. Had a hot shower yeah. and I've never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> no one showers in Gotham, true. okay? It's, it's yeah, a, it's a dirty place. Dirty people. Very grimy, gritty city. Yeah. I, but to the same point that the chaos in the Dark Knight allows you to look past the plot holes, the idea that Gotham is so corrupt and so beyond saving that these guys have infiltrated every single level, that there's no part of it that's not tainted, I, I, I just accept it, right? I look at it and I go, yeah, that's... Yeah, there's, there probably is some logical leaps here, but 
this is a city that's gone to the dogs, man. So maybe mm. this is just what happens. I don't know. I don't live in hell on earth. Well, you do live in Sydney. It's not great at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we talk about the Dark Knight now? Yes, yeah, please. It. It's pretty good. It's Actually, can I just make one point before we move on? Just because it's, it's the worst in Batman Begins. Christopher Nolan cannot name characters. Hmm. He, what is his problem with names? What? What, what names bothering you in the Batman Begins? <sighs> Detective Chill, Flass, Stice. No, Chill's it, not a name. Flass no, isn't, isn't a name. Ch- Chill's the guy that oh, kills not a his parents. Doesn't matter. That's, his that's name's from Mr. the comics. Chill. No, but His that's from the Mr. comics. Chill. He's always been Mr. Chill in the comics, the person who kills Batman's parents. No, the Joker, no, the Joker kills Batman's parents. I don't know. Joe Chill. Depends on which yeah. version. No, but the recurring story is that the Joker's usually yeah, the one who kills his parents. So it's not Chill. Chill's some dumb name that Christopher Nolan's like, yeah, chill. I thought people know. Chill, man. Oh, chill. So no, bad. he's and... bad at names because, like, the name, I remember, the thing I always remember from Inception is, like, the main character's name is Cobb. Like, what the f- Yeah, that's not a name. It, it's a <laughs> terrible name. Oh, and Ariadne is like this bizarre, vague goddess that, yeah. that no one's going to name a character. Murph. <laughs> Don't get me started. Sure. Yeah, um, that's just that's my tidbit there. Dark Knight's cool. It is cool. Just watching it again, like this, there's so many scenes of the Joker and it's just so compelling. Like <sighs> he's not even doing anything. Like he's sitting in the, the scene where he's just sitting in the cell with like his hands between his legs. Mm. Like like, I just have to watch him, or when he's Captain when he's walking a. away from the hospital with the detonator. That's so good. I love that that was improvised. Like that explosion didn't actually go off, and that's mm. his actual reaction. He's just clicking the things, and oh, it's just uh, he's so fun to watch. Like it's it's man. I remember just watching these films, and when they came out on DVD, my brother and I sitting down, and being like, "All right, now skip, skip." Uh, Joker scene, here we go. And we just watch the Joker scenes because we're like, I'm not in the mood for watching this two and a half hour movie, but let's watch all the Joker scenes. Like it's mm. it's so good. I, I love like I love this film and Heath Ledger's performance is outstanding. And I feel like it's something with the character of the Joker will forever be at least mimicked. Like or like they can't I don't know. Like Leto was doomed to fail as Joker as soon as like, because always, there's always going to be comparisons because this is like the perfect Joker. Nah, man, but um, Jared Leto was Piet Grills. Grills are cool. Damaged. But um, I don't know. Um, like, do you guys do you guys remember where you were when you saw this film? Yes. I like remember that day. Like I remember the day. I just remember like being like, okay, it's on at four o'clock. We're going to walk down, like down to the cinema and just. I remember watching it, coming back to a friend's house and just sitting there and talking about it, like going over everything and probably crying because Heath Ledger was gone. And we're like, no, he won't be in the third one. This is so unfair. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember just having to be there opening night. Like, Yeah. yeah. So I remember, yeah, sorry, seeing it open night. And I was really excited because it was a, it was a, a global release. So no one else mm. had seen this film before its universal release date. Yep. And obviously Australia is like, I don't know, eight hours ahead of America or something. So I was just like, holy crap, I'm seeing this before Americans are seeing it. The yep. world hasn't seen this film yet, but I'm here opening night. It's one of the first screenings. And I just remember walking out and then walking home with some friends. And we were just, for, two, for the whole walk home, we were just quoting the Joker back to each other. Yeah. Because and it, this film was one of those life-changing events. Like, yep. I, I put it in the vague of like Star Wars and stuff yep. where this has changed history. 
that is a pivotal film in cinema history and people who saw that were just like wow this has changed me and shaped me sometimes for worse when there's people who go and shoot up cinemas because they're arguably mm. inspired by the joker mm. that's a big problem but yes. just the it's but- yeah just bad people but it speaks to this character and this film as the power that it had and like, like yeah i still i still remember the experience of it clearly and just how it's how it changed me it's like that's the thing it's revolutionary i've seen i've seen a lot of bad like costumes dressing up as the joker and people trying to do like this look and the voice and you just nobody can do it justice man it's no. so good and like it's forever going to be like one of the biggest things that people can point to for how much backlash backlash there was when he was cast mm. like it's there's mm. you, you know you see memes with all the comments on the forums of like oh my god the guy from a knight's tale really yeah, like things i hate this, about you yeah, this, yeah. Is, yeah. this is bull crap and age like milk yeah oh like if they only knew you know like it uh, to that they would end up them same people worshiping this like performance yeah. like it's yeah it's so good he puts so much into this role and it's so unique. Just like the mannerisms, like mannerisms, like Grana said earlier, you can just watch him, just like the way he moves his mouth, the way he just like is listening to people, reacting to what people are doing. Like mm. it's just yeah, like his the, charisma. The way he's like licking the inside of his lips as if like, yeah. like he's really got these scars. Like, oh, it's just, yeah. I don't I, like, I don't know how you even get into that headspace. How does an actor get into that headspace to remember to like lick your lips like that whilst like speaking while having all these other mannerisms like it's just phenomenal. I just... Yeah, that's, that's why these people get paid lots of money, right? This... I mean, the story goes that that face paint that he had was really irritating, and so that's it was almost like he was his lips were sort of flaring up. So that's why he's constantly like, mm, like tonguing a cut, which became the best thing for it. And then there's yeah. also that pseudo rumor slash maybe there's a truth in it. I don't know that by getting into the headspace because Heath Ledger. Like hold up in a hotel room for a, to method get into the headspace of this guy. He really went hard method acting with it, yeah. and so a lot of speculation believes that's part of that was the re- or that was part of the reason why he sort of started self medicating and ended up unfortunately like passing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could be true, could be not. I don't know, but um, like man. yeah, there's some document like he was very much a method actor and really got into this role and was holed up in this apartment in New York just in like a single bed mattress on the floor um, writing in a journal and it's, uh, it's you know, we got an amazing performance out of it. Obviously not worth it for what the world lost. No. But, man, like this is a performance that will be remembered for all of time, um, especially like in terms of comic book movies. Like it's... Yeah. You can't top it. Well, um, this, I remember the reception of this at the Oscars as well, because he obviously won uh, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. But this, The Dark Knight wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and this was the sort of film that really made everybody stop and say, "What? What's wrong with the Academy? Why not? Yeah. Why aren't? Because there's still there was that old gate, sense of gatekeeping that oh, comic book films aren't serious cinema; they're not real. So yeah, we're not going to accept. But everybody who saw this, besides the crusty old Academy, was like. How can you not put this in? Even if it doesn't win, how can you not say it's a contender? Again, it's everyone not a comic book movie, man. It's, it is oh, a it's film. Not. Like Dark Knight's a film. I yeah, really yeah. feel like that. It's like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I can go on about Joker all day and I'd end up just quoting him really poorly. Um, it's just, there's so many cool scenes. The whole the whole pencil thing is amazing. The scene that like, obviously there's the first intro with him and 
you can put plot holes about how the busk was going to come in and ram right into that person at that time. There's a plot hole there. Um, William Fishner's in that scene. I love him. My (laughs) favourite bank manager, man. Peace out. Um, (laughs) But he's so cool. Um, But he's all intro, like walking into that room with all the gangsters sitting at the table and he just walks in with that slow chuckle, you know, and... And I thought my jokes were bad. Give me one reason why I shouldn't have my boy here pull your head off. How about a magic trick? I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. It's it's gone. The the little yeah. puns, like it's not blow things out of proportion. He has all these grenades, <laughs> like um yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a good pun. You're right. That's a, yeah. that's a pun that Batman and Robin could never do. And like it's he's scary though. Like those scenes where he's up in someone's face with a knife and he's telling them about the scars. He takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And, like, I love that it's a different story for yeah, each person. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's like, how did he get those scars? And uh, there's a part, I want to know what he was going to say to Batman at the end before Batman's like, these, and, like, shoots <laughs> stuff into his face. But um, it's it's scary. Like, he has a, such a presence in all of his mm. scenes, and he steals this movie. Oh, yeah. So that opening scene, sorry, not the, not the opening opening scene, but the scene with him talking to the mob bosses, right? In mm. his intro. That is one of the best scenes for his character because the way he he walks in, he does that slow laugh. He kind of sits there. He controls the room with the pencil trick. Yeah. But then when he's talking to them, he's like, um, you know, I can't forget the quote, but he's like, when you see a guy like me and Michael Jai White's like a freak. He's like, and he's just, and you see this thing in his face where he actually does stop and sort of thinks, and he loses his train of thought. He's like, a, a guy like me, look, look, listen, and you can see that he's kind of processing, and he yeah. he. He's not just this guy who's wearing this identity. He is a freak and he sort of knows that he's perceived this way. Yeah, yeah. like he's genuinely he's, unstable. Yeah. yeah, and there's this insight, but he's also smart enough to know that. He's not just, he's not completely deluded. And there's this insight into this kind of tragedy of him that never gets fleshed out, which is a good thing. Because yeah. I don't want I don't want two hours of his backstory about him falling into a vat of acid like in the comic books. I don't care. Yeah. It's just so fascinating how, wait, this guy, there's something more to it. And his performance is just amazing. Like it's these tiny little touches that go, yeah, this is a character. This isn't just a this isn't two dimensional. This is a real living, breathing thing. And um just in, in that same scene as well, like there's another thing where there's commotion, like all the gangsters are talking and you hear like one gangster be like, You're crazy and he's just saying he's like, I'm not. He's yeah. Like, no, I'm well, not. <laughs> and like then oh, then he just like loses his track like train of thought again and like he goes mm. he's like, Look, this this is the thing, like blah, 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 you know, like, and I like that he gets irritated with um, the guy Gamble, you know, like he Gamble takes like three shots in and he gets sort of thrown off by it every time. He's the one that says freak and he's like, mm. oh. and he's the first one he goes after him as well, you know, like he's like, oh, I'll go kill you and show up in that body bag and um, yeah, it's just, I, I love the little thing he points to TV, like, the, you know, he'll, 
He'll squeal. <laughs> you know, and he's just like pointing the TV. He'll squeal. And... Don't know how that guy's watching them as well. It's just a TV. There's no camera on yeah. top, but he seems to be seeing everything that they're seeing. <laughs> but, oh, well. Lau, Lau, isn't it? I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Lau. Batman has no jurisdiction. That whole story is dumb as well. Where, uh, what's his face? Fox gives the phone over <laughs> into the thing, and then he walks out. He's like, I've already got my phone. Yeah. So in this this businessman who owns the police, he doesn't actually pat people down for phones. He doesn't make sure. Like, and the security very, guy's just like, oh, yeah. okay. He's like, I'll I leave remember, this phone here then. I remember taking your phone. But yeah. It must have been some. It's like in a video game where you attack someone and walk away. Like, oh, it was the wind. N- NPC. It's yeah. not the only thing like a video game in that scene though. Like where he does the Metal Gear Solid Five airlift. Yeah, the guy out, out of the <laughs> building. him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, Batman in Hong Kong and like just jumping off that building, you hear like the the cape flapping in the wind. Mm. Like it's such a cool scene, and he just goes in and takes these guys out. It's oh, it cool. Like these movies have great cinematography. Some like some shots in this are just. Batman just stand on a building with like his cape draped over him, like it's such cool shots. But yeah, you're right, you're right. Now, even though it's the best, let's talk about stuff we don't like in Dark Knight. I almost think Batman Begins is better simply because of that whole line in the courthouse with Harvey Dent, the cheesy scene where it, like the guy tries to shoot him, he like not punches him out, dis- dissembles the gun, and be like, oh. Blah, blah, blah. Should have bought American, and then. <laughs> but your honor, I'm not done. And like everyone starts clapping. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, ah, oh, so yeah. cheesy. And I know that's him. He's the, like the white knight, and it's so perfect. But it's like, it's so. I, you know, I was picturing him slamming an American flag in the ground and ripping his chest hair out, sort of thing, or something. I don't know. I don't. Know the weird part like. is that the gun that he pulls just happens to misfire. That's yeah. that's that's pretty lucky. <laughs> he managed to that's get a because gun he didn't buy American. I mean, I know all other guns are crap. That's but. the whole point. It was basically being like buy your guns in America, kids. Maybe no one is a fascist. Okay, I don't know. But what do you guys think about the the two boats? And I don't know. Is it is it always obvious that the criminals are going to be like, well, we're not going to push the button, and then the the citizens are like, well, we we should push the button because they're criminals. Like, I feel like that's. Obvious from the start. That's the way. Well, it doesn't actually go that way, but you know, it's, the way it's, it leads. Sa- it's saved by whatever his name is. Huge guy with a dead eye. Yeah, I'm gonna look him up right now. Like, he passed away. He passed yeah. away the other way, other month. Well, the, um, it was a while ago now, but but um, the boat scene goes a little long. Yeah, like it, it uh, seems like it's like, oh, are they gonna do it? Just. Please kill someone. Like blow up another boat. I'm just not point. the biggest fan of the boat scene. Yeah. Uh, Same. This this movie could have 15 minutes trimmed from it, and it would be the boat scene. It would be. What do you guys like, think that like they don't do it, and Joker goes to blow up both boats anyway? Like he's like like it sort of destroys his point of the whole like his whole point and plan to just be like oh I'll just blow them up anyway. No, because. I think that's the whole point of the Joker is that he's never actually been a true agent of chaos. He's always been like, he wants chaos, but he's not just going to let it happen. Like the whole back and forth with Two-Face where Two-Face keeps saying, you did. He's like, no, I didn't do it. I don't have a plan. I'm just an agent of chaos. That's horse crap. (laughs) You put them in buildings and made them pick. Joker did that to him and he's manipulating him. So I think it's the same thing where Joker wants to make this point but at the end yeah. of the day, at the end of the day, it's the Joker himself who's doing it, and he's—that's kind of his tragedy—is that he's convinced himself that the world is so 
evil yeah. and chaotic, but in actuality, it's just him. And he'll just spin it and be like, oh, they push the button, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They blow up themselves. Silly people. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, they um, should have done this, so this is them killing themselves by not doing it. You can't argue with that. I do like that, Um, like, Batman obviously goes to save Rachel and he's sort of taken back when it's Harvey. Like, yeah. he switched the addresses, told him the wrong place, and he yeah. he wasn't going to go do the right thing. He was going to go do the selfish thing and go save Rachel. And he's like, yeah. ah, shit, <laughs> that's Harvey. You almost feel like that would give him away, right? So why is Batman saving the the love interest of the hero of Gotham? Yeah, but he was willing to do that, though. He was willing to do that because... Yeah. But, I mean, you know he's going to get there first. So the true hero should go and get Harvey, right? I'm saying if I was Jim Gordon, I'd be like, that's strange. Why is he interested in Rachel? Who does Rachel know? Bruce Wayne. (laughs) True. Uh, I mean, yeah, his secret identity's you know, it's not that great. Like, he's not that clever. I don't think. I think Gordon couldn't figure it out. Should have figured it out. Yeah. I think he could have if he wanted to. I think Gordon was something like, "I'm happy to just to not ignore know. it." Yeah. Um, well, he says that in the third one, right? Like, I never cared who you were, or something. Yeah, and but, kind of to that point, he. Yeah, I mean, I do like that scene where, like, he crashes into that van to stop the guy who's going to reveal Batman's identity, and like Gordon's like, "Oh, you're a hero, Mister Wayne." He's like, why? I was trying to catch the red light or whatever. And he's like, oh, don't you don't watch the news because everyone's trying to kill this guy. I do like that. I love that everyone in the city is just trying to kill this guy to stop him from revealing Batman's identity before he blows up a hospital. Yeah. But, yeah. Again, makes no sense. Then. Who cares, man? <laughs> Compelling. No, I agree. Guys, I'm, I'm in for it. Do you guys like Harvey Dent and Two-Face? I think he's underutilized. Like, mm. I think he's kind of an interesting character, but he just doesn't he doesn't get a lot to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He comes in sort of his turn is too late in the film, mm. and he just kind of he feels like he's in there for about half an hour, just killing people randomly. I mean, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how interesting the character is outside. Like, I don't know what he's like in the comic books. So I'm not really sure if he's that compelling, but in this, he definitely feels like a. Um, I think he's used right in it. Like, yeah, it's sort of brought a whole film of him, mm. but I like the way it's done, and I think like Aaron Eckhart is a good actor. Um, and plays him well, you know, and it's sort of, yeah. Once he has his face half blown off, it's it's he's scary, man. Like that when mm. he's yelling at people, and like it's, I, I think the acting's good, and I think I like it. So, yeah, he's great. He has had a um, his career hasn't really done a whole lot, unfortunately. Weird. He's got a weird career, eh? Yeah. Thing that I found really interesting rewatching this, all the violence in it is um is implied. There's almost no. There's no gore. There's no explicit blood or killing, really. Everything you see is sort of off to the side or hindered. Mm. It's just really an, an interesting choice. It's actually a really sort of violent film, but... It still feels it gets, yeah, violent. and Yeah. And it's a, it's a... I don't know. I admire that that ability, that filmmaking prowess, right, to be able to make a film that feels violent and very scary. And you feel uneasy in scenes. Like when, when Joker's got the, the knife in Gamble's face... And you don't know if he breaks his neck or if he just sort of slices him open or what, but mm. and then he drops the stick and he's like, uh, we're having tryouts now. Tryouts. That's and so, okay, so they're going to impale each other with sticks. That's horrible, but you never see anything. So it gets like a PG-13 rating. Yeah. Like, that's cool. You don't need to actually show all this blood and gore to elicit the response. It's... I mean, probably the most, like, disturbing thing is the phone in the dude's stomach. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, that bomb. Yeah. It's nasty. Um, 
that's the thing. I I love I I love the vibe of the Dark Knight. Like it's got this like when I think of like the the judge getting blown up in their car and like you see the Joker cards, like you see the um the cop or is it I don't know. Is it the mayor or someone that has like the um acid in the the whiskey glass like that's the police commissioner yeah the police commissioner um this whole vibe of like the stuff and the interrogation videos are super scary <laughs> like yeah. I, but i love him like you can hear joker reading the lines as well like as the yeah. like the people are saying the lines like he's like yeah bye tomorrow that's why he's like look at me <laughs> oh it's scary man it's so it's, fun, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and just like he pats the guy's face, like, ah, da, 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 da. and then like grabs his cheeks. It's like, oh man, it's oh. chaotic. It's, it's hectic. But um, I love that, like, the whole scene with him burning the money as well, you know, yeah. and just being like, I love where he's like on top of it and he just jumps down and slides down the side. Yeah. It's like a good little, good little moment. Having fun. Yeah. Um, I love, I do like Batman uh, dropping the mob boss off the flight of stairs. He's like, from this fall, it wouldn't kill me. And he's like, I'm counting on it. And just throws yeah. him off and breaks his legs. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, Joker's great. Like, I can't not talk about him enough, you know. It's it's such a good ending too. Like, I love him hanging upside down in that thing and just, like, laughing maniacally. And he kind of wins. Harvey Dent turns insane. Like, and yeah. yeah. Ruined the whole thing and proved his point and. That whole thing where he says, like, you know, you and me are destined to do this forever. Like a bloody wish. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> that great quote, the um an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Oh, it's so good. It's just, it, it sums it up perfectly. That's also the worst part of the about the ending is that Joker's left hanging there. And so you know there's gonna be more because you never see him get arrested, he never dies. Yes. Yeah. And then well, we never we don't get more. Yeah, yeah. There's no resolution, man. It is a shame. But yeah, what can you do? I like. I'll just say I love the um, I love the police um, thing where they're escorting uh, Harvey Dent when you know after he reveals he's the Batman, um, and there's that chase down where Joker's going down to kill him, and they flip that truck, which was oh. like a practical effect that they, they, flipped they actually the truck. flipped that truck down the street. Oh, gangster! I will say though, there's I don't know why, and I don't know if it bothers anybody else. That whole scene, something every time I watch it now, it bothers me every time. They go to that cop driving and making a comment like maybe 12 times through that whole scene. Like the cop that's driving next to the guy who's actually Gordon with a balaclava over his face. Mm. It goes to that chatty cop just making a comment like every two minutes like, oh, man, I didn't sign up for this even though I'm a SWAT team member. Oh, man, look at that helicopter. This is really bad. Oh, man, lucky Batman's here. Oh, that's not good. Oh wait, we're going down here. Oh, like I'm like, shut up! Like I don't care. Like it's just stop going to him. I don't know what what happens, but I don't know if that annoys anyone else. That's just a weird pet peeve. I'd say I'd even know who you're notice. talking about if I'm honest. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't really notice it. Before. Go back and watch it. But... Yeah, I'm going to notice it now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's that weird scene where they shoot the rope across the buildings, right in line for the helicopter to get caught on it. Like, yeah, that's a bit far fetched. It's like. You know, the helicopter could have flown higher at that point or they had to be on a higher floor. Like, oh, damn it. No, man, it's part of his plan, though. It's chaos. That's Yeah, he, that's hey, he probably had someone on every floor ready to shoot that thing across. <laughs> He's like, this is the perfect level. You guys do it. B12. It's, like, yeah. it's your moment. Yep. 
Yeah. But um, I'll just say one more thing. I, I love that scene. <laughs> I know. It's just, I keep one remembering more. scenes. I love the um, – I do love the whole thing where like the parade, you know, and like you see Joker without – for that brief second without paint um, mm. and the whole setup to have the timer release that curtain where Christian Bale's standing so all the cops turn up to shoot it there. It's yep. – that whole scene has this like – eerie build to it and it's like really good tension building it's a great yeah it's a great um it's a great moment of tension it just builds and builds and builds mm. it keeps cutting back between bruce sort of try, as well. traveling and trying to find it and it slowly sort of pans up the group and you see more and more and more and more and more and it's just very yep. very well made yep it's good stuff christian um christopher nolan awesome director I sort of point out another huge gaping plot hole that really irked me in this one. So you remember how um, he, what's it, when he busts Harvey out, he's like, oh, Gordon, you do like to play things close to the chest. Yeah. Remember that quote? Yeah, I know that quote, yeah. So that's a throwback to a line that he never says. That's a throwback to a line that's actually exchanged between Fox and Bruce Wayne. I, Fox is to I remember Wayne's seeing like, someone this? say this, that like it's like a <laughs> reference back to a conversation that he's not even part of. Because it's Fox and Wayne and Wayne's, Bruce says, oh, I'm playing this one close to the chest. And then it like, runs with two different characters. And then Harvey Dent's like, you do to like chest. to play. You're right. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> You're right, Batman. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's very strange. It's not, even, it, like it's not even one common character. They're two completely different sets of characters having this no, conversation. See, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I was about to say Christopher Nolan got confused and thought Harvey Dent is Batman in this scene. That's but, what I thought for a moment. I but was like, no, maybe, Batman maybe. is the one who says his cards are close to his chest. So it doesn't make any no. sense. Just, he, should done, he should have done a second draft. Batman yeah. Begins is better. <laughs> Sold. But, maybe. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. All right. We got, got Batman out of our system. I'm Batman. Is there is there another Batman trilogy we can do? The, the, the other ones don't quite make it to a trilogy, do they? Oh, no. The, like the 90s one is a quadrilogy. There's four of them, but they're all different Batmans. Well, yeah. There's three Batmans among four films. Yeah, that's what I thought. There is, um, there's a no, another Nolan trilogy. No, there's not. No, there's not. <laughs> I swear there was, right. isn't there? Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Worst. Conan, what are we, what are we watching next week? All right, we're looking at one of the granddaddies of trilogies. We're slowing things down. We're putting our thinking caps on. We're watching The Godfather. Ooh. That is Godfather 1, 2, and 3. The first two films, arguably, some of the best films ever made, arguably the best films ever made. So, it's my, it's my great shame I've never seen any of them. Well, yeah, they're, they're classics that a lot of people haven't seen. So, I um, I have yeah, never watched any of them, and I've I've always wanted to. Well, now you've got two weeks to, baby. Hell yeah. Need for it. All right. Well, you can catch us on socials at Good Bad Worst Pod. Uh, if you like listening to us talk about movies, you'll love listening, watching us talk about games on our other po- podcast, Bonus XP. Uh, you can catch that on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And we'll catch you next time. The fire rises, brother. I'm a dog chasing cars. <laughs> <laughs>